Hi, everybody. Brian Sussman here. Faith, family, freedom. It's the Brian Sussman Show. Here are the top advertising slogans of all time. And then I'll tell you where I'm going with this. Top advertising slogans of all time. Nike, just do it. Apple, think different. Number three, where's the beef? That's Wendy's from, oh gosh, back in the 90s. Coca-Cola, open happiness. Hmm, don't remember that one. Must have been a global slogan, but nonetheless, it's number four on the list. L'Oreal, because you're worth it. M&M's, oh, this is so clever. Melts in your mouth, not in your hands. De Beers, a diamond is forever. And then Wheaties, the breakfast of champions. <laughs> I'm thinking of Wheaties right now. There was a time when one of their best covers on the Wheaties box was of Bruce Jenner, the Olympic champion, decathlete champion, Bruce Jenner. (laughs) I'd love to see them put a likeness of Bruce Jenner on their their Wheaties box today. (laughs) The breakfast of champions. Oh, boy, what a world, what a world, what a world. Okay, so where am I going with this? President Biden has this big bill. It's the $2 trillion bill. Biggest of all time, I believe. It's passed the House. Now it's stuck in the Senate, and I hope it remains stuck in the Senate. What are the hallmarks? Get ready for this statistic. This is a mind blower. What are the hallmarks of President Biden's big build back better? Infrastructure bill, build back better. And they say infrastructure, and right away you're thinking, well, okay, dams, bridges, roads. No, 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 no. All sorts of all sorts of garbage. Also, the crap I tell you is in this one. But this is President Biden's build back better. He has thirteen thousand dollars a year per child for the universal preschool program. Thirteen thousand dollars a year. Now, I'm out here in California. I just did a little research to find out what's, what's it cost to go to a University of California college? Now, there's a bunch of them spread around the school. The first one that popped up is UC San Diego. Cost of going to school there for a student, $17,800. $17,800. And somehow preschool is costing $13,000. What is wrong with this picture? I hope it remains stuck in the Senate. I hope this bill doesn't pass. But where are we going, friends? We're going into a world where the government wants more and more control over our families. Actually, they want to... People on the left want a dissolution of the traditional family for starters. Now, I'll get into that. I'm going to talk to you about what God's Word says, what the Bible says about the traditional family because it's it's the building block for society a healthy society needs healthy traditional strong families any early childhood educator knows that from birth to five children's brains are developing at more time than any other time in their entire lives so the leftist idea is get those kids into a training regime where we can mold those fashioning brains early. 
Get them in. After five, it's too late. We want them early. We want, we want, a, a, we want robots who will follow our beck and call. The U.S. has never really considered providing universal care and education from birth to five. But that's exactly what we're going to do now with this universal preschool. Now, they will tell you only, it only lasts six years. This program is going to last six years. Really? It's only going to last six years? Nothing only lasts six years with the federal government. They're going to raise pay for teachers hired by universal preschool programs. It's well-intentioned, some say, and necessary, some say. But it could run private child care programs out of business. As the skilled educators say, listen, I got to cover my hide. I got to cover my bottom line. I'll go to a more lucrative position with one of these government-run schools, skip the private education, and go for the bigger bucks. So this, this is where we're at. This is where we're going. Here, here's how they're selling it right now. They're saying this will be a national partnership, a national partnership, a national partnership that could put 5 million children into high-quality programs that save the American family $13,000 a year. Okay, continuing my notes. The Democrats build back better initiative. The big component that's hidden in the dressing is the preschool, pre-through-K schooling. Again, it's going to fund school for, some are saying 5 million, some are saying 6 million, some are saying many more than that. We're talking kids ages three and four to be specific. Federal funds would be used to this. In other words, money's going to be printed that we don't have. Money will be printed and provided for six years. The estimated cost of this is $200 billion. That's the estimated cost. If it goes over, they'll find a way for, to pay for it. We're talking about adding hundreds of billions of dollars of new pre-K education infrastructure. It's going to require hiring about 50,000 new teachers, plus they're going to need classrooms, plus they're going to need equipment, etc. What are the merits of this idea? What are the merits, according to the left? Well, again, providing pre-K investments, that's what they're calling it, it's an investment in our future, and then sending the kids off to the broken K-12 through public schools is not going to fix anything. It's not going to cure what ails us when it comes to public education in this country. I'm going to turn to Nobel Prize winning University of Chicago economist James Heckman. Dr. Heckman is a highly regarded expert on the importance of early child development. Okay, again, he's a Nobel Prize winning University of Chicago economist. He was asked about universal pre-K in a recent interview. And here's what he said. No public preschool program can provide the environments and the parental love and care of a functioning family and the lifetime benefits that ensue. I'm going to repeat that. No public preschool program can provide the environments and parental love, parental, pre, parental, excuse me, parental love and care of a functioning family 
and the lifetime benefits that ensue. Heckman also went on to say this, the families are a source of life and growth. Family builds values, encourages and discourages children in school and out. Families, far more than schools, create or inhibit life opportunities. Schools can only partially compensate for the damage done to children by dysfunctional families. So again, the bottom line here is that the Democrats, the left, the socialists, the communists really want this. This time, they want control of your child in the name of child care. It's the government-funded progressive takeover of kids' lives. Now, let me transition to this. Let's, let's go to what the Bible says about family. Because at the end of the day, we have broken families, dysfunctional families. We encourage couples to hook up and make babies and then not have the family infrastructure to properly raise them. We encourage this in especially low-income housing regions where a mom can have one child, two, three, four, and be rewarded by the government accordingly in terms of compensation. Father, not to be seen. It's moms raising these kids. It's a roll of the dice. Sure, some make it. But how many times have you seen situations, for example, in professional sports? where these young guys give a shout out to their mom. Hey, mom, after the game, big Super Bowl win. Hey, mom, nothing about dad, mom. You see these athletes who have made it big, well, good for them, and have gotten out of the hood and make tons and tons of money, but there's no dad in their life. I mean, you you see it on TV every weekend when you watch every game and virtually every sport. Now, let me just ask you this question. When it comes to spending your money, when it comes to a work ethic, when it comes to keeping your eyes on the prize of the straight and narrow and the consequences thereof, where does that come from? That, generally speaking, comes from a family, a mom and a dad. The mom has one set of skills and one set of attributes and one set of influence and the father has another. When you put those together, because in a marriage situation, the two are one flesh, you could actually raise a child to be very well balanced. So here's my my point with this. Let's look at those same athletes that are saying hi to mom after the game and there's nothing about a father. An estimated 60% of former NBA players go broke within five years of departing the league. National Basketball Association players are the highest paid athletes. They're making, I believe, I, I said this in a podcast recently, I, it's, I think the average salary is something like $7 million. 60% of them go broke within the first five years of departing the league. Okay, let's look at NFL players. 78% of former NFL players have gone bankrupt or are under financial stress just two years after retirement. And again, this goes back to the family. When you have a structure, a family structure that is, that is strong, 
you can weather lots of storms, including the economic storms. In fact, you can veer your ship so far wide from financial calamity that you'll never really have to worry about it. Let's go back to the Bible for just a moment. I think you'll find this fascinating. The concept of family is extremely important in the Bible. God's plan for creation was for men and women to marry and have children and to raise those children. A man and a woman would become one flesh through marriage. In other words, all their, all their differences would complement each other. And they would become a stronger team as a result of that. And they and their children become a family. It's the essential building block of human society and always has been. We can also see, through looking at the Bible, that family members are to look after and to care for one another. When God asked Cain, where is Abel your brother? So Cain and Abel, first two children born to Adam and Eve. Cain's response was flippant. He said, am I my brother's keeper? This is what he says to God. Am I my brother's keeper? It's the first leftist. The implication is that, yes, Cain was expected to be Abel's keeper and vice versa. They were brothers. They watched out for each other. They watched over each other. They had each other's back. But, of course, Cain blew that by killing his brother out of anger. The Bible has a more communal sense of people and family than is generally held these days in Western cultures. We're losing it. We're totally losing it in in most sections of the West. When God saved Noah from the flood, it wasn't an individual case of Noah's salvation, but it was a salvation for Noah and his wife and his sons and his son's wives. In other words, his family was saved. Just go to Genesis 6 to read about that. When God called Abraham out of Haran, he called him and his family. That's Genesis 12. God's covenant with Abraham was a family covenant, not an individual covenant. Now we'll go to the Ten Commandments. The Fifth Commandment regarding honoring your parents is meant to preserve the authority of parents in family matters. That's the fifth commandment. And the seventh commandment, prohibiting adultery, protects the sanctity of marriage. The health of the family is so important to God that it was actually codified in the Ten Ten Commandments. It was codified in the National Covenant of Israel, if you will. Jesus speaks on the sanctity of marriage and against frivolous divorce in the book of Matthew chapter 19. The Apostle Paul talks about what Christian homes should look like when he gives the twin commandments of children, obey your parents, and parents, don't provoke your children. It's interesting how some authoritarian and legalistic parents like to focus on the first, children, obey me. It's in the Bible. But they forget this one. Just as powerful, just as meaningful. Parents, don't provoke your children. This is what the Bible says about family. I'm not making this up. If this rubs you the wrong way, I didn't say it. The Bible did, or the Bible does. 
when we are born physically, we're born into a physical family. We're not born into test tubes. When we are born again, we are born into a spiritual family. You see that? When you're born again, you surrender your life to the Lord Jesus and, and ask him to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you all in righteousness. You're born into a spiritual family. You have a new family, your brothers and sisters in Jesus. When you're born physically, you have a physical family. And by the way, the Lord has a lot to say in his Bible, in his word, about adoption. And adoption is just as powerful as physical sonship and physical daughtership, biological daughtership, biological sonship. Adoption just as important. You were adopted into a physical family. And I guess with that in mind, we could say we're adopted into a spiritual family when we're born again. So what does the Bible say about family? Again, to summarize, the physical family is the most important building block to human society. It should be nurtured. It should be protected. But more important than that is the new creation that God is making in Christ, which is comprised of a spiritual family. What is the spiritual family? The spiritual family includes the church. It's made up of people who call upon the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. This is a family drawn from every nation, every tribe, every people, every language. That's in Revelation 7. And the defining characteristic of this spiritual family is love for one another. Jesus said it. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I would like to thank two organizations, actually one organization, one person for content in this podcast. One is gotquestions.org and their wonderful article entitled, What Does the Bible Say About Family? And a former professional, well, a, a professional friend who I haven't seen for quite some time, <laughs> Star Parker. And an article she wrote entitled Universal Pre-K, Another Progressive Bad Idea. Thank you, my friends, for joining me on The Brian Sussman Show. Please be my ambassador. Tell people about this program because I've been so limited and so throttled by social media that it is indeed challenging to get the word out. But I appreciate you. More on me at briansussman.com. God bless you, my friends.